0: Welcome to followtheboat.com Tales not just from the high seas These are the podcast adventures of Liz and Jamie as they travel through the Indian subcontinent
1: the next two podcasts, we explore the blue city of Jodhpur.
0: Of course, a visit to Jodhpur wouldn't be complete without a trip up to the imposing Maranga Fort that sits on top of the only hill overlooking the blue city.
1: Jodhpur town centre, which I guess we can call it a town centre uh, because there is one central area, is made up of this uh, red sandstone clock tower. Uh, it's actually red and amber. It's a glorious clock town. I've seen it lit up at night with lurid uh, pinks and oranges. And it serves as the uh, central point of Jobpa town. All around it uh, is the bazaar. Cheers, Annie. Bye-bye. We're now climbing into our, uh, to our rickshaw to get up to the, up to the fort. We waved our way through the back streets and the rickshaw and eventually caught the main road and then ascended up to the fort. I'm probably going to hand you over to Liz, who's hired the highly amusing audio guide. So as I click away, taking some pictures of this magnificent fort, which stands out looking over the centre of Joppa, Liz will uh, be able to fill you in on its history. A great view though, blue buildings either side.
0: We've been in Jodhpur for three days and we finally made it to the Maharanga Fort, which is an enormous fort overlooking the entire town. Very imposing, usual red sandstone. And here we are inside. We've gone through the first gate into these very thick walls, beautiful, solid floors and another Indian fort. So let's see what we will see. So we've come through the first two gates and uh, we're now overlooking the other side of Jodhpur and Jodhpur is known as the Blue City and this side is even bluer than the blue side that we're on it's very blue indeed apparently painted blue by the Brahmins who first settled in the old part of the city It's very pretty lots of shades of blue, quite a lilac blue and against the sandstone of yellow and uh, red it really stands out well. I've just learnt that the blue, um, which is indigo, contains indigo, is used to keep the buildings cool in the summers when it gets very hot here um, because Rajasthan is a desert state so you can imagine the summer how hot it gets. And also acts as an insect repellent so not only is it pretty but it has a couple of good reasons for being this color.
1: Maranga Fort, one of the largest forts in India, sits over 120 meters above the city, surrounded by huge thick walls. Inside are a number of palaces and courtyards, the foundations of which date back to 1459, although most of what we see today dates from the period of Jaswant Singh, 1638 to 1678. Entry to the fort is through a series of seven gates, again built and installed over different periods. These have been offset so as to avoid being charged at by armoured elephants. Palaces within the fort of note include the Moti Mahal, the Pearl Palace, the Pool Mahal, the Flower Palace, and the Shisha Mahal, the Mirror Palace.
0: Into the palace proper and the first building we see on the left houses a number of howdahs, which were used uh, to carry royalty on elephants. Intricately carved, often with lions, or I imagine tigers, although they look like lions. Um, in silver some, and in wood, painted, with, some with umbrellas, some upholstered, some with mirrors. Very beautiful. So the king and his queen and attendants would sit astride the elephant on these rather comfortable um, and nicely finished holders. Pretty really nice. Also, a very cool room in which to calm down after trekking up the hill. The next hall houses palanquins, and palanquins are used to transport royalty around, but this time, instead of elephants, they use people. And so the men would take the, pe- uh, the kings and queens. Um, holding them at the front and at the back, and apparently they used to learn to walk in a synchronised way, which allowed the person being pulled around, being lifted, being carried, to be nice and um, comfortable. There are several in here. The most beautiful one has peacocks on the side, carved into the wood, and there are two that are covered. The covered ones, of course, were for women, because, as we all know, women cannot be seen. Uh, As an extension of the idea of perda, So... The women were transported around by men in very exquisite little seats, but they were covered so they couldn't see out and they couldn't be seen as it should be. There's a simple marble plinth, probably about 15 metres in length, and on it a simple marble throne. And apparently this is where each Maharaja is anointed. It involves fairly simple, I am told ceremony which is undertaken by somebody who comes from a village with the name of Bugri Um, I'm not sure how that's spelt but I love the sound of it Um, the last person to be anointed here is the current Maharaja and he was anointed in May 1952 at the age of 4, unfortunately after his father had been killed in a plane crash anyway, he was anointed by the person that does the anointing from the village of Bugri. The next room in the palace that we come to is another museum with a number of displays but the most stunning thing you see as you walk through the door is a golden palanquin. So as we saw earlier these were used to transport the members of royalty around and were borne by a number of men. This one has three pieces of wood at the front three at the back and apparently there were 12 men who had to carry this so two on each strut which are covered in a velvet uh, making it a little easier on their hands I should have thought but it's obviously a very heavy palanquin um, and it's enclosed but it's glass all the way round. Uh, it looks like it's wood which has been gold leafed 12 of them it took to carry this one thing inside there's a lovely um, row, dark rose velvet cushions where he would have sat i suppose looking out around him and apparently not often used because 12 people carrying this enormous great palanquin around probably just used for state events and majorly important occasions not bad, and probably little more comfortable than the auto rickshaws that we are using at the moment in Jodhpur, which seem to be the slowest in India so far, although they are quite roomy. One of my favourite displays in here, amongst all the armoury, is um, a little display with pieces in mostly ivory and ivory inlay of a lady's chambers bits and bobs there's an enormous chest that she would have put all her her cosmetics in apparently very very beautifully inlaid with um, carved ivory and silver and then they're what they describe here as two dumbbells again they're very beautiful Um, wood heavy wood with inlay and carvings of ivory didn't realise the women of the palace use dumbbells, but apparently they do. Keep themselves nice and toned, and they look pretty hefty. I should think they were quite good at for uh, self-protection as well. But a uh, very pretty display, of course. Don't really approve of seeing anything in ivory anymore. Because things were different in those days, and there's no doubting the fact that they are beautiful. So the final display in these rooms from the museum is the armoury, and it's got things that kill people in it, so there you go. Have a think about that. And really what we're looking at here is the palace, the old palace, which has been converted into a museum. It's been very tarted up. Um, a lot of it looks very new and modern and all whitewashed um, inside. And there's not much really left of the old palace, I should not think, here. Um, the steps up to it, up to the doors are new, the surrounds are new. You can see they're all new. But above it we can see some of the old palace. I'm hoping we're going to get up there in a minute because I'm a bit bored with more and more and more displays of stuff that belong to the Maharajas. Nice seeing the palanquins, nice seeing the um, elephant howdah, howdah um, carriers because I hadn't seen those before. Um, it's a, a right old mixture of things as I look up. We've got lots of floors of incredibly delicately carved sandstone, again in red. And alongside it, uh, some creamy yellow sandstone, quite, needs a bit of a clean to be honest with you, Uh, needs a little bit of TLC, Uh, lots and lots of trellising, which I presume we're going to find out is where the women looked out onto what was going on below them, because of course they wouldn't have been allowed to get involved in anything, but they could at least watch it. And this is quite a nice courtyard, it's um, sheltered well from the sun. Um, probably a good cool place to be. So we've done the museum bit uh, which is all right and now we're going to look at the rest of the fort. Right, we've come inside and started to make our way upstairs and uh, past another museum room um, which we've kind of left and we've gone to the next floor and at last we're looking at something that looks fairly original. This is the Palace of Flowers incredibly ornately decorated in gold um, with lots of paintings with vibrant coloured windows um, Persian carpets very beautiful cushions And one, two, three, four, five, six, something like that. Twelve columns on this side, six on the other. Tremendous amount of gold leaf used and we've got tiles in the ceilings, lots of flowers and portraits of Maharajas been and gone and what looks like possibly some gods as well. Dedicated to pleasure, it tells me, on my voice thingy in my ear. And indeed, I'm sure they had a lot of pleasure in here. Very exquisite Persian over the top decor. Yep, like this place. It's the Palace of Flowers, or as they say over here, the Pool Mahal. Takat Villas is the next room that really is of any interest to us, and uh, it's a bedroom come entertaining room with lavishly painted walls, ceilings and floors. The whole thing is painted, and as you'd expect by now, in every colour you can imagine. The windows are stained glass, as before, in the Flower Palace. Blue, bright blue, 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 red, yellow, of course, and green. And on the ceiling, which is wooden, usually you'd see uh, tiles or brightly painted um, areas. But here they've got great big balls hanging, Christmas balls, which were brought over by the British. So it's the first sign that the British Raj were over here making use of this area and being a part of the fort. Just simple Christmas baubles, but big. You're talking about two foot across for the biggest, six inches across for the smallest. Bit odd and a bit out of place, but uh, balls they are. So we've come down from the top, where we had the most fantastic views across Jodhpur, from all sides. A great view of the old city with its blue, blue, indigo, blue houses. You can see the ramparts, we can see the wall, the fortifications going up to 40 foot high in some places, and apparently it wasn't breached for 400 years. And as we come down, we come into another cool white room. Um, It doesn't tell us what it is, doesn't tell us anything about the exhibits, but what we're seeing on the walls are a number of doors behind thick glass screens so you can't touch them which is good to see and these doors are very, very intricately carved wooden doors mostly are painted gold as befits a king's palace and there are two that are quite interesting to me apart from the gold ones which are stunning the first one is two smaller doors uh, behind glass and they would have been shutters to windows I imagine painted this time not carved particularly, but painted um, on each shutter. There's a woman who's wearing what I think is the local dress, which is a tunic, she's kind of to hip to hip high high hip point over a very long and full skirt, and obviously she's got um, a veil on, as though it, her whole face is. You can see her whole face, and then the other one is uh, a very fine, slim, tall doors inlaid in ivory. And the ivory is little birds and leaves and flowers and trees. Fantastically intricate, tiny, beautiful work. And from a distance it looks like lace covering the door. Stunning. Don't approve of ivory, but again, a most beautiful piece of work of art. And now we're in the woman's part of the palace, which is the cradle gallery it's called now, because it's full of uh, old hugely royal cradles obviously all in gold beautifully encrusted and carved and inlaid and they have velvet interiors and guardian angels on each of them very very beautiful nice exhibit to look at but uh, the actual gallery itself is in between the two courtyards on the one side we've got the um court courtyard where the king was crowned and on the other is the gathering courtyard and all the way down the sides intricate trellised carved stone where the ladies were apparently able to sit here and look out either side and have a look and see what was going on below the glimpsing room I believe it's called so they were able to glimpse what was happening in the outer world while they looked after the babies in their intricately gold and plush cradles. Lucky old ladies. The ceiling of the Palace of Glimpses, or as I referred to it earlier, the Glimpsing Gallery, is really beautifully painted. Um, this time it's painted, it's not tiled, and the predominant colour is blue. It's, it's the indigo blue of Yodhpur. Again, with the traditional Persian Mughal style uh, that we've become used to now. Lots and lots of floral designs, um, interlaced and interlocked and have a, with a trellising effect. So really pretty uh, ceilings in, in this gallery. And some of the trellised areas where the ladies were looked at have now been filled with glass and coloured glass. So you get sort of sparkles of colour coming through from either side. We're now in our third palace within the uh, fort itself. It's another room. This is called the Moti Mahal, and Moti Mahal translates as Pearl Palace. Um, It's called Pearl Palace because they use uh, lime in the plaster, which gives it a lovely kind of smooth, almost iridescent look to it. So I can understand why it's called Pearl. It's a square room with, at the end of it, um, a slightly raised area where the Maharaja would sit and where he would have an audience with the more important people of the world and they'd sit and they'd discuss affairs of the state on the back wall as you come in opposite there are, f- there are one, two, three, four I can see but the voiceover is telling me there are five, there's obviously a hidden um, sort of recess in the wall which is lit up if you look very close and you get up and look underneath and up through the recess you see it's not a recess at all behind it there are rooms and there are that was where the ladies of the court obviously weren't allowed to go anywhere near what was going on inside were able to sit and to listen and to all the affairs of state and this is quite a good thing because it enabled the Maharaja to get a different perspective on things quite literally from his uh, queens and concubines and uh, various female attendants and family it's great you go right up close and you can see that right behind there um, there's a whole gallery where they would have sat and listened outside the moti mahal there's a very pretty courtyard In the middle of it, there's a plinth, but there's nothing here to tell me what it's for. Um, And all around it, incredibly over-the-top decorated rooms, all of which have trellising around them, every single one of them, uh, for the women to look out. And there are some windows, but they're all closed, so I can't see what's behind them. Very ornate, very beautiful courtyards. Marble uh, floor interlocking, perfectly fitting uh, large slabs of marble on the floor. Slightly raised area one end which is the door we're going to take to get out of here and uh, the columns there again very uh, over the top ornate decoration and the uh, archways are cusp archways something i've learned this trip and all around all the doors there are cusp arches i'm getting quite used to this kind of architecture now and i'm really loving it i love all this over the top ridiculous detail Um, Some your eye can't really stop looking. Not necessarily very peaceful, but I love it. The last place we come to is the Zanana Dodi, which is um, just after the Moti Mahal and the courtyard, the beautiful um, uh, marble courtyard. And this is still part of the Zanana, which is another word for harem, which is the women's quarters. Again, highly decorated, trellising all the way round, so they couldn't be seen. And really only the women of the court and those special visitors were allowed in this area. It also is the oldest gate um, of the palace and the traders and so forth could come to the outer, outer part. They weren't allowed to come into the inner courtyard here and not as beautiful as a Moti Mahal courtyard where the Queen would have been but still very beautiful and still very much a part of the feminine part of the, of, of the whole fort complex. We're going to finish the audio tour... Uh, give my ears a rest, and we're going to have a little look round the fork so there's anything else we can see. But but the main palaces themselves, we've been through now, and I'm trying to work out uh, why I'm not as impressed as I might have been, and I think it's simply because I've seen so much on our trip in Agra and Jaipur that um, there isn't a great deal here that's uh, that's new. But that's a little unfair, because the three palaces we saw, uh, the Flower Palace the Palace of Glimpses, the uh, Moti Mahal, the Pearl Palace. They were all beautiful. They do have something to offer them, uh, the visitor, I've got to say. And uh, um, I'm rambling rather now, so I'm going to shut up.
1: If you do come to the fort, then it's worth uh, stepping outside after you've walked around it and just walking around the battlements and following your nose until you get to the end where there is a, a Hindu temple... I think it may even be a Jain temple. Every now and then you'll hear the uh, the bells being rung. And uh, there's a little garden as well and in the tree we can uh, spot some of those uh, the same laughing doves that we saw in Jaipur. Three of them sitting together in the tree. Very peaceful, fantastic view of the city looking out both east and west. Plenty of flora and fauna to look at. Very peaceful. After watching the sun settle across Jogpa, we weave our way back down into the bustling town as the cool desert climate wraps itself around the blue city. What you're hearing here is a wedding back in uh, Jodhpur town centre, we've just walked down from the fort and it's uh, six o'clock in the evening and I'm looking straight at about a hundred girls in the most brightly coloured saris, mainly reds and uh, turquoises which offset the nice blue walls and there's a young lad with a big uh, drum strapped round to his waist and of course that's the drum you can hear and next to him is a lady in a really really long cerise pink a headscarf that actually wraps all around her head down to her feet, and she's the one who's playing the uh, the uh, the cymbal. Next week, we take you through some of those cool blue backstreets.